Welcome to TGI, Tourism Geography Insights, the podcast of Tourism Geography's journal where we discuss our latest research and developments of our peer-reviewed journal which explores tourism and tourism-related areas of recreation and leisure studies from a geographic perspective. Producers of the Tourism Geographies podcast. I'm also the editor in chief of the journal Tourism Geographies, and it's my pleasure today to bring you another in our series of interviews from authors published in the journal Tourism Geographies. A little bit about Tourism Geographies it's a journal of tourism, space, place, and environment, and it's one of the leading journals in tourism, hospitality, and, and leisure management, as well as in geography, planning, and development. So together we try to converge the two fields of tourism and geographies. Today, it's my pleasure to be interviewing another one of our recent authors, Dr. Johanna Lur from Griffith University in Australia, in Queensland, Australia, and her paper, Leverage Points to Address Climate Change Risk in Destinations, co-authored with Susanna Beckin, was published in 2021, and it's one of the, the papers that have um, received quite a lot of interest and readership over the last uh, little while. So, with that said, the paper Leverage Points to Address Climate Change Risk in Destinations talks about transformational system changes that are required to respond to the current climate emergency and what back then was the COVID-19 induced break that presents an opportunity to progress such change. All of this has implications for how decision makers approach crisis management and what tourism recovery actually means, especially when considering that system resilience might stand in the way of more profound transformational changes that are required to address long-term risks. But enough from me, I will now introduce you to Johanna. Welcome, Johanna. Hey, Joseph. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, thank you for joining us from sunny Queensland. It's a pleasure to feature your research on the Tourism Geographies podcast. But just so our audience can learn a little bit about you, Johanna, tell us about yourself. Yeah, so as you've mentioned, and thanks for the introduction, my name is um, Dr. Johanna Lur. I'm a postdoctoral research fellow at the Griffith Institute for Tourism at Griffith University on, on the Gold Coast in Australia. Fantastic. Well, you're in a nice part of the world, at least. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> a yes. great place to live and, and to, do, to do tourism research, I imagine. Yeah, very much so. Can't complain. Yeah. So this paper, uh, Johanna, that you wrote about um, leverage points, Tell us a little bit about the study. What was the, what were the questions you were trying to answer in this instance? Yeah, so just to let everyone know, this research was um, conducted as part of my PhD, and the PhD focused on reducing climate change risk to destinations in Vanuatu by using a holistic approach. So I applied systems thinking. Just as a bit of background or like a rationale for for this topic is that. Um, in tourism, um, or perhaps even more generally, climate action and especially actions around adaptation is often reactionary and conducted in silos. So where, for example, a business would, um, you know, just address climate change focused on their um, management um, area of influence or their literally their property boundaries. And this approach um, can really lead to um, unintended or unwanted knock-on effects that in a worst case may not reduce risk but uh, transfer risk to other and potentially more vulnerable elements of the wider destination. So we're speaking ecosystems or the host community. 
So to address this problem, conducted a couple of studies, and I don't want to go into too much detail here. Um, they relied on collecting um, primary data in Vanuatu. So de um, I developed a system um, that looks at what are the elements that um, influence climate change risk, and then I tested that model um, to assess the benefits of a specific approach to uh, reducing climate change risks, eco ecosystem-based adaptation. So this is just the background. And then building on, on that experience, conducting these studies and taking to get together everything that I've learned towards the end of my PhD, I think it really became, became clear to me that in order to address climate change in such a holistic way by considering the broader destination, uh, what is required for tourism is really what is called transformational change, transformational system change, so significant change. And so with this work that is published in, in this paper, you've mentioned in tourism geographies, um, the question that I uh, try to answer is basically, how do we achieve transformational system change? And specifically in the context of climate change, um, how does the system need to change to reduce climate change uh, risk holistically to the wider destination? Okay, fantastic. And of course, one of the things that, uh, for those of you who are looking up uh, Johanna's work at the moment, Johanna has also published this in a number of other uh, uh, extensions to this work in a number of areas, in the Journal of Sustainable Tourism, for example, Journal of Hospitality and Tourism Research, and the Journal of Tourism Futures. So check out the, the broader work that we may not be able to discuss in today's podcast. Thanks for that, Johanna. For um, for many listeners from other parts of the world, not down here uh, in, in, in the Asia Pacific, who might not know Vanuatu, can you tell us a little bit about Vanuatu? Give us, um, you know, for those who might not know it, can you describe what Vanuatu, what, what the Vanuatu context is like? Yeah, of course. So Vanuatu, for those who don't know it, is a small island developing state located in the South Pacific. It's made up of um, a lot of small islands. It's um, tourism product. Um, I think like a lot of South Pacific islands contains um, like this image of, you know, um, tropical beaches, but Vanuatu also has a very rich cultural offering background and there's also adventure tourism. So uh, my study um, used specific case studies um, on an outer, um, quite remote island, Tana Island, and yeah, that was just a um, more unique context. Um, um, seeing my, my study focused on climate change, um, Vanuatu was a suitable case study site because as um, a small island, it is considered vulnerable to climate change impacts. Um, parts of it are very low lying. Um, it's prone to, to cyclones, sea level rise, um, things like that. And of course, tourism being a very important part of their, of their national economy and exchange earnings. And then um, in addition, being um, an island tourism um, infrastructure, often being located in exposed areas along coastlines, for example, um, means that it, it is um, a hotspot, um, if you like, for and tourism vulnerability to climate change. So um, for the context of my study, it was um, an interesting case study or location. Yeah, no, thank you for that perfect uh, description, Johanna, because of course, small island developing states, especially in the Pacific, are at the vanguard of, of climate change effects. You know, they're, they're more or less like the canary in the coal mine. They're experiencing it firsthand. So, okay, um, moving on from that, Johanna, uh, 
uh, for those listening as, as well, doing this research, being based in Australia and then going to Vanuatu to do this research, tell us about some of the challenges you confronted when conducting the fieldwork for this particular uh, project. There was a lot of uh, challenges, as you may um, as you may imagine, but also um, I would say a lot of opportunities um, for for learning. So, like just linked to this paper, which was more a um, a reflective paper, I guess um, something that's relevant is really um, I spend a lot of time preparing uh, for the trips, especially in the beginning, and that did not only include preparing the actual research tools, but um, in the beginning, even understanding how to conduct research in a culturally appropriate way. So really making sure that I'm prepared um, and knowing what to expect. So that was, um, yeah, difficult in a way, I'd say. But I do have to also say that, that I was uh, very lucky because my PhD was aligned to a bigger climate change adaptation project um, that had Vanuatu as a case study area or location. And so as part of that project, I was able to go to um, Vanuatu really early on um, as a research assistant um, and use like a, a, an early trip as a scoping trip, if you like. So in that trip, I learned a lot from other team members um, who had a lot of experience working in the Pacific and in Vanuatu. I was able to speak to the research, the local research assistants that we had on the team and also um, through informal conversations I had with people working in tourism and climate change. So that's really helped a lot. And so, um, yeah, through this process um, and that experience, um, yeah, learning how to um, engage really carefully, um, even, um, you know, how to introduce myself when I when I talk to um, participants to break down barriers of perhaps perceived power distance and things like that. So that really helped me reflect on my own position within the work. And yeah, so that was one thing. I think also for this particular paper, I found it challenging in the beginning to think about how, how I'm um, writing this up because it doesn't, first of all, um, inc build on primary data. It is a reflection of that experience. So um, that took a little while. Um, I don't know if you want, to, want me to go into more detail um, on that part or just talk about the experience conducting like interviews and workshops in Vanuatu itself. No, no, that's that's uh, that, that's that, that's all good because what it does, I think your your research um, lends a lot of in, is quite instructive to many who are just about to commence on field work. You know, this need to be to to be familiar with the terrain, this need to be able to understand little things like positionality, even language, cultural norms, and those kinds of things that can make a big difference to how smooth or not the field work will go. Yeah, th thanks for that. I think I think the way you describe your field work. It seems that you were were well set up and well equipped to begin your own independent fieldwork by by working alongside people who could give you you know guidance uh, for your own fieldwork. So, um, Johanna, when it comes to the research, what were the key findings in this paper? I know you said that it was largely a reflexive piece, and this is an important point because very often when we speak about research, we say you know it it, it must in some way draw on empirical data, and all. Although this work was drawing on empirical data, the conceptual thinking behind that and the, and the practice that comes is really, really important. So from, from uh, this paper's perspective, what did you find? What were the key findings? Yeah, so um, as the title suggests, the work presents leverage points for climate change risk reduction in vulnerable destinations, seven um, to, be, to be precise. 
And they range from shallow points to intervene in the tourism system that are perhaps easier to implement, but also the level of change they evoke is smaller, to deeper leverage points that are much more difficult to implement, but have the largest transformational effect. So deeper lev leverage points um, include asking uh, what we would call normative questions that can actually um, alter the meaning created by the actors and institutions that are part of this system. And therefore, they have the um, ability to impact some of the other more shallower leverage points, and which makes them so powerful. So to give you an example, some of those questions we may ask as part of those deeper leverage points is, um, um, what do we, or what does the host community actually want tourism for? Um, what are the goals for tourism? And um, in the context of my study, importantly, do these goals align or contra uh, contradict action on climate change? Another thing um, to ask, I guess, is what are the underlying paradigms that influence those goals for tourism? And then if they don't align in, in respect to addressing climate change, how can we change them? So to achieve the um, transformation required to address climate change, we really need to start tackling those deeper leverage points. And I think this is you know, the main takeaway. Um, this uh, message, I'd say, really applies to both practitioners as well as researchers. So um, I do want to highlight that um, Vanuatu, Vanuatu is actually doing pretty well um, in um, asking those um, bigger, um, more normative questions. Um, for example, in their sustainable tourism strategy and also more recently in their tourism um, COVID response strategy, they really do place a strong focus on community well-being. So asking, you know, what can tourism deliver uh, for community and how does it add or create community well-being? So it's really shifting the focus from serving the uh, the visitor primarily to ensuring that tourism delivers broader outcomes for those communities. And this is, you know, what these deeper leverage points are about. I do have to say that there are many other countries or examples where this is not really the case, you know, evidence from the, the goals or objectives um, noted in policy, tourism policies and plans, for examples. Yeah, I, I think um, what, what is important about the, the, the arguments you put forward here and especially in regards to resilience because the word resilience is thrown around a lot and very often resilience is considered in very piecemeal fashion whereas what you're talking about here is system resilience can you give the audience or the listeners some idea of what you mean by system resilience yeah and it's really interesting that you ask this because um that's something that i thought about a lot um as part of my phd and it's um i think there's like a few questions around what this means for resilience that um, this paper asks as well. But I think um, what's really important is to understand, first of all, just the, and I get back to the resilience specifically, but um, to answer your question, I think I want to just be clear that what we mean with the concept of transformation, because this is what this paper is about, um, creating that significant change. Um, so transformation um, in the systems literature or systems theory um, is really understand, understood as a process where the system um, structure transforms significantly. And this happens either through um, a shock or a mismanagement uh, where the system uh, meets and 
crosses a tipping point. It can also happen through management and through deliberate um, transformation. And this is really the preferred way of how we want the system to change. So now, um, if we're talking about resilience in that in that um, context, resilience, um, and again, I think here the system literature is, is really quite useful. Resilience is often um, understood as the system's ability to withstand change, to withstand or re uh, bounce back from a shock, to really maintain that that status quo or that initial structure. So I think the question I was asking myself, if we're talking about that significant change that is required, uh, we really need to think about how we can manage that in a deliberate way. And then looking at um, you know, climate change plans and especially you know, through COVID and all the response strategy, all of a sudden everyone was talking about the need um, to create resilience. And the way resilience is often understood is is really that it's um, bouncing back from a shock as quick as possible, mm -hmm. reinstalling that that original status quo. So I was actually quite concerned because uh, to address climate change, that's exactly not what we need. So uh, there's some really interesting questions around how we may achieve, you know, forms of resilience while also also gearing that system towards the change that's required. Terrific. Thank you, Johanna. For for listeners as well, you may want to check out one of Johanna's other papers that preceded this one in the Journal of Sustainable Tourism, titled The Vanuatu Tourism Adaptation System, A Holistic Approach to Reducing Climate Risk, which will help you join the dots between this work and what came before it. Thank you, Johanna, for, uh, for sharing your insights with uh, our listening audience. If I may ask, so give us some idea of what, what comes next in your, in your research agenda. So, I've finished my PhD um, in 2020, so it's um, been a little while. And since then, I've been involved in a few different projects. Obviously, COVID has made um, everything a bit different, um, different from what I had expected. But um, as you heard in the beginning, I am currently doing my postdoc um, at, at GIFT. And as part of this, I'm, I'm working on a project we um, recently started, we started last year, um, that looks at transformative models of tourism for the South Pacific. Um, so it's really responding to the need to rethink tourism and to address the vulnerabilities of the um, pre-COVID tourism system, if you like. So it's still, this project also takes a holistic approach. So I guess that's where it's sort of adding on from the work I did um, as part of my PhD. And one of the things, um, the first steps is to really understanding local priorities for the outcomes tourism can or should provide. So again, it links to one of those leverage points um, I've identified in, in the tourism geographies paper. Um, and then I'm working with local partners to find out how that can be achieved and implemented. So that's one thing, but as you um, may know, my passion is really climate change. So um, also so working on um, some things related to tourism and climate change. So for example, um, I'm picking up on um, earlier work I was involved in with um, also with Susanna Beckin and colleagues to look at tourism and climate change policy integration. So I'm doing some work um, in in that field as well. Great. Great. Well, we look, look forward to hearing more about all of that. Um, I'm also going to be fortunate to be able to see uh, Johanna present some of her work at the Critical Tourism Studies Asia Pacific Conference at the British University in Vietnam shortly. So I'm very That's much looking correct. forward to that. Uh, Johanna. Any final remarks before we finish up, Johanna? I'm 
if if I may, I think um, Joseph and we had talked about this um, previously. So if we still have time, I I think yes. I'd like to just add something um, on my experience from um, the PhD and then moving into a postdoc role for any of those you know early career researchers out there. It's obviously been a you know a crazy time with COVID and, and things like that, but. My experience was that if you know you're passionate about your work and um, you have really good collaborators, um, you know your supervisors, but also outside of that, um, perhaps working with other people um, in your university or um, colleagues from other institutions that uh, are interested in similar research questions, making those networks and obviously conferences are really great for that as well, and not giving up. Like I um, spend a lot of the time initially post PhD, um, just working on smaller projects and applying for grants um, and jobs. And um, yeah, a lot of interesting things came came out of that. So yeah, juggling that can seem really difficult at the time, but um, yeah, it it does pay off, um, you know, the, the, the work, the um, collaboration. So for anyone in that situation, it's just, yeah, something to well, note. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Johanna. That should give inspiration to many who are right in the midst of doing uh, exactly as you had done way back then. So thank you again for joining us on the Tourism Geographies podcast. Just a reminder, Johanna's paper that we've been talking about today is titled Leverage Points to Address Climate Change Risk in Destinations, and you can find it on the Tourism Geographies uh, website. It was published with Johanna and her colleague at Griffith University, Susanna Beckin. So with that said, Thanks for making the time for joining us today, Susanna, and um, look forward to hearing and reading more of your work in, in time to come. Thanks so much for having me. It was a pleasure.